Hello, and welcome to the Dawkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's what the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith. Dorks the Podcast. The Dorkening. Black and White Fright. The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, where we cover the 1985 sci-fi horror movie directed by Toby Hooper, Life Force, five minutes at a time. And I'm your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And tonight we are covering minutes 55 to 60, and we start with our lovemaking continuing, and we end with what looks like a borderline porno. So the episode has bumpers, basically, that are the same thing. (laughs) Yep, that's about right. Uh, so we continue with our Mario Bava Black Sunday style um, sex scene, basically, as she is absorbing the powers, and she just goes to town on this guy. I mean, she is just like devouring him in like a passionate way that you wish your lover would do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's hot and heavy, and then uh, it's kind of interrupted by sounds of like squealing and crying in the background. It's the sounds are... of the children she has just eaten. Something like that. I, I got reminded. Did you ever play the video game Max Payne? Uh, I played the first one, and I saw that movie starring uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you know the worst missions in that game? Uh, not at the top of my head. It has been a number of years. And I only ever played the first one. Okay. There's a couple. Of, yeah, it's, it's the only ones. It's that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, but there are these nightmare sequences in the first game where you have to like follow this trail of blood, but it's based on the sound of a baby crying. Yeah, so you're trying you're trying to find the exit on like and this it's basically pitch black except for like this blood pass that you're trying to navigate and you're you're going based on the sound of like a baby cry but that's like that's the sounds that it sounded like in the background to me just like this kind of very detached but unsettling screams and cries going on in the background. Hmm, interesting. Reminds me of uh, sometimes in certain Resident Evil games you can be walking around someplace and you can hear like a baby crying or something. Yeah, very similar. Or uh, Silent Hill. Yeah, any any one of those survival horror games, yeah. So when she sits up, she's got like this shit-eating grin on her face, and that's when he wakes up screaming, and the gang comes rushing in as he's screaming, and they want to they want to put him under hypnosis, and he says he's had a lot of bad... This guy has had, unfortunately, as this is, this is where I put in my notes, this guy has a lot of bad experiences with aliens, because, again, he's, uh, he's, the, um, he's the guy who abducts Scully on the X-Files in Season 2. And he was claiming about alien abductions, and he takes like an entire like insurance company hostage. And Mulder goes in there to get out a guy who got shot by him. Dwayne Barry is is the character he plays. 
Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's not having not having the best of luck. And it's interesting because the the movie doesn't do this a lot. They actually do kind of a Dutch angle and redirect when they when they uh, agree to start hypnotizing him to see if they can make contact with uh, Stargirl. Now, on the commentary, the guy that's interviewing uh, Toby Hooper talks a lot about how he thought that space vampires was very toned down for a book. Very much like 2001 Space Odyssey, the movie, and the things are very reversed. Uh, whereas 2001 Space Odyssey is very, um, a little bit more hyped up in the book, but it's toned down in Stanley Kubrick's film. Whereas in Space Vampires, the action and everything is very toned down. Whereas in here, they needed to sell a movie. Yeah, no, I'd imagine there's a lot more atmosphere in Space Vampires versus. Uh... You know, 2001 Space Odyssey, where the atmosphere is all visual versus, you know, a lot of things, a lot of action happening. Now, this is the scene where I was talking about, like, the Van Helsing using the hypnosis to find the space girl. Um, now, in the previous minutes, we were talking a little bit about John Carpenter's vampires. There's a scene in that movie where Stephen Baldwin uses the hooker, played by the, um, oh, what's her name? She's the, she's the Laura Palmer girl who died on Twin Peaks, that actress. Oh, I'm forgetting her name. Yeah, okay, so she has the connection to the vampire in John Carpenter's Vampires. I see, okay. Yeah, and they use that connection or whatever, like she sees like what's happening through his eyes because of their connection, because she got bit. Gotcha. So this is the same thing like that. He's seeing this red, tall, red-haired woman walking through the moors, and when I see the moors of London, what movie do we think of? Uh, I would say American Werewolf in London. Exactly. <laughs> I absolutely love that giant wide shot. Have you ever been to London, Scott? Have you ever explored any of this area? No, I can't say that I have. Neither have I. And maybe with COVID hopefully passing and vaccines coming and more and more people getting the vaccine, which is good, by the way. Less people to spread the virus, which is the whole point of a vaccine, by the way. Um, yeah, we will be able to so. visit London. And uh, maybe we'll take a trip together and we'll explore the scenes from this movie. Who is this actress, by the way? Yeah, this actress is uh, her character's name, and th they just go by her first name, or at least that's all that Carlson's able to conjure. Her, her name is Ellen. Um, her full name in the film is Ellen Donaldson, and she's played by Nancy Paul. And Nancy Paul, from what I can tell, uh, primarily a television actress and had a couple of credits right around this time, you know, uh, some interesting um, uncredited in Santa Claus the movie uh, <laughs> um, and then was in a series called Space Precinct in the mid '90s, and that was the last thing she did hmm. as uh, as of as of now. Now this is the woman that the two boys were in the park watching that they wanted to catch a glimpse of uh, some lesbian action going on. Correct. Yes, this is this is the form that uh, Space Girl has taken to avoid detection. Correct. And I think the next form she'll take after this, I believe, is a very distinguished actor coming up soon. Yes, correct. Because she doesn't return back to her um, Matilda May form until much later on. Yeah, that's that's part of you know I think somebody might if we've mentioned this a couple of times that Matilda May is only on screen for a very limited period of time and I think people might wonder why that is and the shape shifting is the big reason why <laughs> exactly also you know it just wouldn't look right if she had clothes on of course not <laughs> of course not <laughs> if you look at the IMDb credits for this movie the construction department there's a lot of people with the last name of W there's Sean Welsh, Kevin Walder, Larry Wells, Mickey Wells, Peter Wells, Bill Wells, Stan West, 
Stephen Weston, Kevin Willer, John Wilgust, Mark Wilkinson, Mark Williams, Robert Williams, not to be confused with the actor, Stuart Williams, Barry Wilson, Don Wilson, E. Wolfencraft, George Wolfencraft, Paul Wolfencraft, excuse me, Sidney Wood, John Woods, Patrick Worsley. <laughs> That's a lot of wow. W's. <laughs> That's that is a, an awful lot. That is crazy. Let's see who some of these people are because they all deserve their due modeler. Let's see who that is. Ooh, art direction. That's probably very important. Um, I'm just going to pick some random names out of here. This is a huge list, and we want to keep going with our time. Um, so we have Frank Walsh. He is one of the uh, production people of this movie. One of the movies that he, two of the movies he worked on that you might have seen, Scott, is Inception and the first Maleficent. That's all right, all over the place, then, aren't we? Yeah, and he was also um, production uh, art director on eight episodes of Game of Thrones and uh, Carnival Row, which is a fun show that I hope comes back after COVID's over on Prime. Um, oh, okay. Starring Orlando Bloom. And he was also uh, art director for The Mummy, so not everything he did was great. <laughs> uh, Robert Williams, not to be excused with Robin Williams, he was the art director on Lost in Space, so he didn't go too far from crappy sci-fi movies. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, a couple things that are on there that I've never seen. It's, uh, it's pretty hit or miss as to who's going to, what people are up to or not up to. Right. Um Sorry, Kevin Wheeler's just listed as property department, and very interesting, seems to be um, picked up not... We mentioned before that we had a lot of Bond connections, you know, like with the old Bond movies and this movie. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, like, people who worked on, like, Timothy Dalton's movies. But Kevin Wheeler has actually worked on a bunch of the modern Bond movies, including Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. <laughs> interesting. And even... And even Die Another Day, so it actually worked in, like, the, t- <laughs> the transition period. The special effects crew in this movie is just huge, and it has to be. I mean, the, the the money they were given for this movie to do it or whatever, they definitely could spend it on, you know, the crew to make it look good. And at times, the movie does look good. There is nothing, I think, visually wrong with this movie. I just think the script is just messy. Yeah, the script is the script is messy. I think the effects were okay. I think the effects were fine for the time. I I will say, I you know, this was not really an era that you could blend. Like sci-fi horror was not a very common go-to at this period of time, and it's interesting that Toby Hooper did essentially two in a row because he did this and Invaders from Mars like back to back. So, and there's a couple of these people I would love to have on the show with us to talk about these special effects that they'd like to, especially if they're still working today, such as Mark Metting worked on Rogue One, a Star Wars tale, and recently just did um, uh, Cursed Ted Lasso and Black Narcissist, which I don't know what those TV shows are, but I don't watch every single show that's on the network. Oh, Ted Ted Lasso is uh, Jason Sudeikis' is a comedy show where he's like a football coach that goes over to coach soccer in the UK. Oh, I, oh, okay, I have heard of that. That I heard that was very funny. Yeah. I heard, yeah, everybody seems to love that show. Alan I've heard Bernard, good things about it. Alan Bernard lived from 20, uh, 1928 to 2007 and uh, unfortunately passed away, but he also worked on Kroll, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, there's a people are their their work is kind of all over the place in terms of what they've done or haven't done or that kind of thing. Definitely. So she gets picked up by the motorist. Do we know the name of the motorist? Name of the motorist. I'm looking through. Sorry, I'm assuming he is just a motorist because he doesn't really have a name. But uh, man attacked by zombies. No, it's definitely not him. London man, probably. 
maybe yeah it's hard to it's hard to say yeah but uh so we, we, we start getting kind of a dear penthouse forum uh from carlson <laughs> yes it is as he's like he seems to be like kind of hot and bothered by it but he's i think he's supposed to be like straining under it but it's like oh she's he's he's touching her leg and Right about when he gets to, right when it sounds like he's about to finish, um, they they are five minutes in. She licks her lips as he is touching her leg. Did you notice that? Like the she is being very provocative with the way she is. Yeah, it's it's exceedingly forward. There's no subtlety whatsoever. She literally just starts lifting her skirt and mm. uh, you know has. I, I find it very interesting that initially it was just, oh, we found the the license plate of the guy that she found, and now we're like we're getting a play by play of how she's seducing him. Right, definitely, and that is all the five minutes we have as we end our minutes. Uh, we start our minutes with some sex, and we end it with some possible sex, but we know where this is going to go for the unfortunate gentleman. Um, Training as, one way or the other. Right, and Toby Hooper says he should have just gone to the bar. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> That's what Easy Toby for him says. To say. Yeah. <laughs> and where can people find us, Scott? They can find us at the Vampire Movie Minute on Facebook, and we're the Vampire Minute on Twitter. And we're going to try and grab a couple other people per episode that we might not have grabbed before to talk a little bit about their IMDb history. We might not know a lot about who they are, but uh, there's a massive amount of cast and crew in this movie. So we're definitely going to try and get to all the different special effects makeup people as we can and, and other people behind the scenes. Uh, still working on trying to get guests on the show. It was a little easier with an American movie. With a British movie, it's not as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie definitely had a lot younger cast, too, at the time the movie was made. And the, th- this movie was definitely a lot of people who were well-established in the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of uh, well-established and, frankly, middle-aged people, <laughs> even when this movie started. So Definitely. And uh, we'll see if we can get Matilda May on the show. Who knows? I mean... <laughs> It would be great. She's still alive today. So, um, I mean, she did the bonus features for the uh, the film that we're watching for the for Screen yeah. Factory. So she's not opposed to this movie. I mean, she she does fan conventions, too, once in a while. Very, very, very rare, you know, appearances. So, but um, who knows? Maybe we could try, you know? She seems to be an open book, so. Yeah, knows? definitely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Uh, and also find us on our individual Twitters at ChristySAV. And I'm at Scott C. Danielson. And if you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee to help us out, you can. Go to buy me a cup of coffee, buy me a slice of pizza to help out the podcast. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. Serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in Metro West. Everything done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508-309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well. www. Dot dot com.